boners. Boners. Boners, 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 boners. <sighs> Something hard. Is it pressing up against me? Does it feel funny against the fly of my pants? Is it making me feel warm and trembly inside my tum-tum? <laughs> like butterflies, but if butterflies were made of rubber. And I suddenly want a rubber, maybe. Is it like stone, but velvet? Is it like a warm statue with its <laughs> own desires? <laughs> it must be, because this is... A boner on us. us. So for this week's boner, we want to talk about something that I think is going to definitely came up in our last episode and will probably come up in our next episode, and that is Own Voices. Own Voices. Romance novels written by people of the communities that they are also talking about. Or anything. Mm -hmm. TV shows have been described as Own Voices. Mm -hmm. So Own Voices, I think, comes up most frequently in Romance Landia around Columbus Day, (laughs) around Thanksgiving, when we think about Native Americans. Mm -hmm. But another group that I think is especially relevant to own voices in romance, Middle Eastern. Yep. uh, Because of chic romance. Yes. Which we did a whole series on, but is kind of the original sin of romance. It's one of the things that Isabeau and I have delved into as one of the original sins of romance, if not the original sin of popular romance. I think that's something we discovered through the process of the chic series is that it is the original sin. And what we mean by original sin is that it is bad, continues to be bad, but continues to influence so much of what is happening in romance to this very day. Right. Um, And so one of the things Mm -hmm. that I find frustrating about own voices Mm -hmm. is that it has become a way of tokenizing. Yes. And people talk about a novel as own voices, but they also don't talk about it like as a book. Like, what did you like about it? What did you like about the hero? What was interesting about the heroine or the heroine and the heroine? What were the obstacles like? Yeah. Another way of looking at own voices is people who are interested in same-sex relationships Mm -hmm. writing about same-sex relationships. Yep. Or same gender relationships. And why is own voices important, Isabel? Representation, Morgan. Representation, but also, and I would say part and parcel of representation is one of these important things where own voices means that you get to tell your own story without stereotypes, without the bad baggage that comes with someone else telling your story to you or for you. About you. About you. And that's like super duper true of the terrible chic romances and romance, but also, and this came up really recently, here we are at the very end of Black History Month, But Shondaland put out why own voices in Black romance is so important because one of the things that I think gets potentially glossed over is this idea that everybody deserves a happily ever after and that not all stories of minorities are about oppression and marginalization. Yeah. White people, (laughs) when we tend to talk about people of color, tend to do so from a place of like, you're so brave. Look at all this. You've suffered. You've suffered. Here's all of the suffering and all of the success. Whereas romance... Certain people love suffering, Joanna Lindsay. But, you know, reading something like a historical black romance, Beverly Jenkins, yep. people talk about all the time. She doesn't need a street team from us. We've actually talked about her twice. Creates historical black romances that do include the things like the history of slavery and oppression, but don't approach their characters' lives from a deficit model. Right. Of look at everything they're going to have to overcome. And that's important. But I will say black American own voices stories are more common than a lot of other. Yes own voices stories. 
Yes. But representation. Actually, you know what? To be honest, here's the thing. I think people throw out words like representation, diversity. Inclusion. Inclusion. Without actually knowing the depth and breadth of what those terms mean to the Mm -hmm. point where it can be meaningless if you're not wielding it correctly, which most of the time people aren't. Yeah. It becomes a smokescreen, right? Look at how diverse we are. We have this author of color. Yeah. So do you know what representation is and do you know why it's important? You just did a great job of explaining why it's important. But I also think the more representation you have, the more clear it becomes that a group of people are not a monolith. Right. That there's nuance, there's diversity within the diversity. Right. And I think oftentimes whenever people say a diverse romance, they're speaking purely based on race Mm -hmm. and not necessarily socioeconomic status, not necessarily Religion. religion. I've never read a black Muslim romance. No. So, which actually seems like a really big hole. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I'm like going through my list and I'm like, oh shit. Well, we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. I brought up the fact that I'd never read a Christian romance mm-hmm. and someone chastised me and said, well, have you never read a black romance? Which is not, not the same. And like, yeah. that's like one of the things where it's like, what is it to have a story that has Christian elements versus a, like whatever. But I think one of the things that was pivotal about thinking about representation is just this idea where it's like tearing down the stories that have been told about and for you Mm -hmm. and what it means to then give breath and space to the narratives of yourself. And that's one of the things that Own Voices does and why it's so important that we Mm. signal boost them and why we need to continue to hold publishers accountable for their diversity and inclusion and representation washing of themselves. I do want to put a little pressure on what you said because I I think using words like tearing down, putting pressure on, assumes there's an adversarial relationship between own voices and the romance mainstream. Mm-hmm. That to me feels unfair. That something should be put up against the powerhouse that is white culture. And I mm-hmm. don't think anything is white culture. You know, just culture. The dominant culture. (laughs) The dominant culture. And I also think there is this other element of people aren't just, you know, there are biracial people and Mm -hmm. things like that, biracial experiences that are also nuanced and diverse. Mm -hmm. But I think part of the reason Own Voices is important is because there's a void. Mm -hmm. There's a void where these stories need to be told. And so Mm -hmm. it's about growing something in the soil that already exists rather than chopping something down Mm -hmm. in order to grow something new there. Stories have always existed. They just need to be cultivated, right? This There has always been space for them within the genre. Yeah. Um, it's just people haven't paid attention or taken it seriously. I think that's true. And I'd also like to push back a little bit in the sense that this genre and its publishers and the mainstream parts of romance, which has the paradigm has shifted a lot since the advent of e-readers and open source books and that kind of thing. But... There have been writers and own voices since the beginning, and they have been shut out systematically. And so when I say that, like, things need to be torn down, like, I mean that, but also more to the point, like, there needs to be more chairs at the table. Like, Yeah, I'm saying, like, let's not tear stuff down. Instead of focusing on, like, dismantling something, let's concentrate on growing the platform for something. Right, but I think it's important to recognize that, like, this platform has been hostile on purpose. Yes, that is a good point. That is a really good point. Because yeah. not only are 
other bad actors in romance, there are powerful bad actors in romance. And that makes a huge difference. And people, and powerful bad actors, I of course mean you don't have to be intentionally racist to be racist in a really destructive way within this genre. Right. We're working within systems that are inherently racist. And also there's a lot of resistance towards telling someone specifically, hey, here's what you're doing wrong. Yes. Because the backlash is real. Yes. It's cruel and swift. The backlash is cruel and swift for issues that, to me, feel cut and dry. Like our friend uh, Esme getting attacked for talking about infantilization as Mm -hmm. being problematic. Yeah. Shocking to me because, you know, I think it's obvious when something's racist and it's called out as racist. And then I'm always shocked by the people who are like... Well, actually. Or like, now you're the tone police or whatever. And I'm like, oh man, that's just. And like RWA is rife with that. The romance genre is rife with that. And so what I mean, it's like, you're right. There's always been a void. And this space, these there's space for these stories to be told. But I think like that space has been so rigorously policed yeah. that these stories it hasn't haven't been, had a chance. It's been growing. It just hasn't been flourishing. I am thinking very much in a garden metaphor. Mm-hmm. I think it's because it's one of the first sunny weeks <laughs> of winter here in Chicago. I'm so ready for spring. Right. But if we're thinking about a garden metaphor, mm-hmm. right, Think about romance novels as tomato plants. Mm -hmm. They're on vines. Mm -hmm. The reason you want them to grow vertically is because you get a lot more fruit. Mm -hmm. So you put those cages in the dirt and Mm -hmm. you help fasten the little vine to Mm -hmm. the cage so that it can grow. That's white romance. (laughs) That has been given extra sunlight, extra space to grow. People have been like, I know what you need. Here is a vertical planter. I'm going to carefully attach you. Meanwhile, Own Voices Romance has existed for a very long time. There's even a lot more of it with self-publishing because you can, you know, spring up out of the ground without a cage (laughs) to grow on or a A volunteer. Yeah. So those romances exist. They're just not given the same amount of sunlight, Mm -hmm. the same opportunity to reach their full potential. And also, since it's romance, it's important to talk about what full potential means. It means highest earning power so you can get the best covers, appear in the biggest bookstore chains, have your work selected to be featured on book lists and book clubs. The New York Times and Washington Post. Yeah, exactly. And like we just read a great one, Heartbeat Braves. I would have never picked it up just because the cover. I didn't like the font. I didn't like the photo. No, it felt very lifetimey. Yeah, it feels very lifetimey. And it's not that. No. If anything deserves like a mainstream cover, I feel like it would be Heartbeat Braves because it does have the kind of mass appeal. Something comforting should be on a shelf at Women and Children First. Yes. That should be featured at that place in Lincoln Square. <laughs> that's like wine and books or oh, something. Oh yeah, I love that place. Yeah. And like I think that's that's one of the the moves that Own Voices has been clamoring for on yeah. the internet and like has blown up in a big way because of RWA. Yeah. But bringing up Own Voices on Columbus Day and Thanksgiving is not the same as offering it a trellis. Right. That is A spotlight. Yeah, yeah. That is exactly. That's putting like a hydroponic light on it for two hours. (laughs) And then shutting it off. And going back to carefully tending to your trellis tomatoes. Yep. And it's not like Isabeau and I comparatively have not talked about a lot of own voices romance. We have not. Compared to straight white ladies writing their own romance. 
actually think maybe we should do a personal evaluation and see what percentage we've done. Now that we've got two years of data, we'll have to go through all of our episodes and determine if they're own voices or not. But I think that's what people need to know is that simply making your voice heard, like the things that actually matter to own voices romance are, are you buying the book? All right. It's not a time to go to the library. Are you telling people about the book? Word of mouth is so important. And when you're telling people about the book, are you telling them it's own voices romance? Like you did such a fucking good job. Are you like, check it out. I read an own voices. Are you talking about yourself or are you centering the book? Right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just uh, upset. I think that's right. And I think like that's one of the things that like what this moment calls for and maybe what it's always called for and we're only newly awake now because democracy is dying and everything's terrible is that whenever I feel really existential angst and I like I look at myself and I'm like, what can I do? Like this is something that you can do, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like go out and find an own voices author and start promoting their work if you love it. Start telling people about it. Start buying those books. Start supporting those voices because the more we support those voices, the more of those stories get told. And like all of us are richer for it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, don't surrender to existential angst. Just go out and do what you can do. And this is one of them. And think about what you're doing as who are you centering when you're talking about the thing you're talking about? Because oftentimes we're centering ourselves. Yes. As white folks. Indeed. Whenever we talk about the multitude ways we interact with people of color, we tend to want to congratulate ourselves on it. Right? I have a black friend. (laughs) I read an own voices romance. That's not really about the book. That's not about the author. That's not about the community. It's not about the work. It's not about the work, and it should be about the work, and it is also about the money. Yes. So, get it in those hands. Yeah, actually buy the book. Yes. This is a situation where I always encourage people to check stuff out from their local libraries. Waste is a real thing, but it's more important, I think, right now to spend the money on those books year-round and talk about those books year-round. Yes. As you would talk about any other romance. And that's what we need to do, Mm -hmm. right? Because we talk about all of the others all the time. But the point is, (laughs) the point is we can all do better. Romance certainly needs to do better. The RWA fiasco was a long burning train that finally came into the station and blew up. But these problems have been problems for a long time. And the thing that we can do now is read those books and read them with the same kind of exhaustive, joyous way that we read all the other books. Exactly. And get them some goddamn better covers. And get them some better covers. That's what an own voices means. Mm-hmm. And that's why we at Womance think it's important. And also some of the ways that we've been thinking about how to actually support own voices and some just us talking about stuff we've noticed. Stuff we've <laughs> that noticed. We don't necessarily agree with. Right. Stuff that we've noticed in our own reading, but also in the pathways that we receive books. Mm. And I think like that's important where it's like somebody recommended Laverle Spencer to us, but I would love it if somebody recommended an own voices from the 70s that was like Laverle Spencer, you know? Yeah. Anything else to say? Any parting thoughts? Do you want to talk about the difference between POC and own voices? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'd like to offer up this anecdote. When, God, what was the one? Our episode was called Everybody Deserved French Seams. Yes. What was the name of that book, though? The Kiss, Kiss Quotient. Quotient. And The Kiss Quotient is an own voices about a Vietnamese family living in the U.S. That's the hero's backstory. And there was this wonderful Twitter thread where a couple of authors who are identified as Vietnamese American talked about how they particularly wrote in 
high dynastic Chinese historicals because that felt more accessible to them than writing about their lived experiences in terms of romance because it was something that they could reach for mm-hmm. and was going to sell more because the people who ostensibly buy these books are not going to buy it about a culture that they may have very limited experience with and we have more experience with like the Tang dynasty in China. And I thought that was an interesting way to think about the difference between a author of color versus an own voice because like the ways in which self-censorship can move. But I think the larger problem we want to talk about is not that. Right. So what you described was a historical romance. It was not an own voices. Mm-hmm. Even though it featured people of color, characters of color, it was written by an author of color, those two things do not necessarily an own voices make. Right. And sometimes... Sometimes that's okay. (laughs) Sometimes that's okay. I don't know when. I don't know why. That's a bigger question I have to wrestle with. I listen to Yo, Is This Racist? They often come up against the question of, is this person of color being racist? Mm -hmm. And yes, like anybody can be racist. Anybody can make grand assumptions. Anybody can misrepresent an entire culture. That's why own voices is important Mm -hmm. because you tend to, not necessarily that you're totally free from biases against your own identity. Women in particular should know this to be true, but you can still be racist in your depiction. And perhaps you can also benefit from the world of romance as one of pen names. And not necessarily just pen names, but names that people are allowed to interpret as they see fit. Pamela Sanderson, she doesn't sound like she's a Native woman with just that name Mm -hmm. because I have a lot of assumptions about what a Native person's name is. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't look at that and be like, oh, she's a Native person. Her author bio on the back explains that she is. Beverly Jenkins, Alyssa Cole, they have author photos that clearly show that they are Black women who have Black women on their covers or Mm -hmm. Black folks. I would always be a little bit skeptical. No, I don't know. That's the thing. I am. I am skeptical when I see a book that centers a group that is Mm non-white or Mm non-straight. If that author is has an author's bio that doesn't talk about their own identity Mm -hmm. as it relates to the characters. Mm -hmm. I get a little skeeved out. And that sucks. Like, I don't feel like that's good of me. I think that's coming from a place of assumption and bias. But I do find that in our current moment, when I am put off or like my little sensors, my whiskers tingle Mm -hmm. or whatever, and I do some research, I find that I'm not necessarily wrong. Yep. And I think one of the things that I want to talk about in YA right now and what they're doing to advance own voices and authors of color generally. And like there was a really big dust up a few months ago when an author of color wrote about the Bosnian war in the 90s and it was between a Christian and a Muslim and he was not a Muslim and just was getting some stuff wrong about a war-torn nation he'd never been to and a religious 
religion that he didn't know enough about. Mm. And so he like a queer man was writing this story and it was just like, are you the right person necessarily to talk about a queer romance in a war torn 90s country that also is an interfaith romance? Like and then the book readers got wind of it and he canceled it himself where he's like, I didn't think enough about this. I didn't do enough research. And so then that's happened a couple of times in YA where an author will give it to some readers and then they'll Mm -hmm. be like, this is terrible. They'll go on Twitter and Mm -hmm. books will be canceled. So that's one version of it. And then another person, same thing happened where somebody called them racist. They reread it and they're like, I'm canceling it. And then they reread it again. They're like, wait, I'm not racist. And this is coming from a good place. I'm going to publish it anyway. And then it's like, romance. You don't get to decide. (laughs) You don't get to decide. Like racism isn't a thing that like if you're going to come out and say I'm racist, like or like I am a racist. I guess you get to decide that for yourself. You get to decide that. Yeah, that's uh, you probably also own T-shirts and are a member of an online community or two. In that case, yeah, you do. I think there are times when you can say I have done things that came from a place of racist assumption, Mm -hmm. which is something I have to tell myself and be vulnerable. Like, it's really scary for me to say that, like, I make the wrong assumptions based on race sometimes. Not only is it scary, it's scary to admit, but like... You gotta. You gotta. Like, if you are not, then like, what are you doing? Like, you're not interrogating. You're just protecting yourself. Like, you're engaging in the discourse so that you can point out the times you engaged in the discourse. Like, what are you telling yourself in your most private moments? Right. Um, um, gotta do the work. You gotta do the work. And sometimes you have to own up to your own shit. Yep. Before, while you're calling other people out on it. And like, that's the thing about call out culture that I think it's like a bad rap and is like worth spending a two minutes here where it's like call out culture is doing the thing that it is actually supposed to do, which is holding power to account. Yeah. And so like, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. And it is scary to be made vulnerable and like admit to your deficiencies. But mm. that is what we are being called to do. So when somebody says hey that maybe you shouldn't have written this book and like or maybe mm-hmm. you should think harder about it and mm-hmm. then for someone to be like you're right canceled not releasing mm-hmm. the book like that's a bold move and it doesn't seem to me that romance has a mechanism like that right now Wherever. Where you can cancel the publication of your book. Do you think any of them would? No, but I also don't think that like the call out culture that is so maligned in certain sectors about romance is powerful enough to do it either. No. And so I think like when people talk about like the harm's done in the. Really? Everyone's so fucking psyched about that Bridgerton series. Yeah. And they were not psyched at all about that author. Yeah. What, nine months ago? I don't know. I'm getting old. And so time is compressing. Time doesn't make any sense. It's a construct. Yeah. But some time ago, mm-hmm. everyone was mad at, what's her name? Julia Quinn. Julia Quinn. One everyone, well, it was like Julia Quinn and then the other one. Everyone was mad and now everyone's just so excited. And perhaps doesn't realize that whenever you like. It's Julia Quinn. Support the Bridgerton series, when you tune in, that person who has never dealt with what they did mm-hmm. is going to make money off of you forgetting mm-hmm. and you not holding them accountable. And I know it's like sucks because you're probably like really excited for the Bridgerton series if you like the Bridgertons. Sure, but there are other versions that are doing this better, like Sanditon by... But there's too much good culture out there exactly. for you to not... Like, there's too many talented people who also aren't jerks. Yes. So, with that said, lift up own voices. 
Think critically about what it actually means. Don't just say own voices when something isn't own voices. Think critically about the material you're consuming, you know, especially historicals, like where are their references? Is this well researched? Is this well thought out? Whenever we do a sensitivity read, is it a double blind sensitivity read? And not just your one one friend. friend. What are you doing to ensure that there are ways to do better. Yes. The reason I wanted to do this boner is I think there are real tangible ways to make a difference and there is, there's bullshit. And I want to point out that you should buy books (laughs) instead of just tweeting about them and you should tweet about them as books instead of tokenizing them and describing them solely as own voices. Right. What we're talking about here is the difference between tangible, reachables, and lip service. Mm -hmm. And that words have meaning like own voices terms have meaning and that keeping that meaning matters in this case it's not like some old fogey term right that is allowed to change because it hasn't come into its full fruition yet that tomato plant hasn't climbed the trellis yet right and it's our job to make sure it does (laughs) yeah exactly and so think about the trellis you're putting out books are tomatoes tomatoes that are grown by own voices tomatoes deserve trellises yes Agreed. And that own voices doesn't mean straight white ladies writing about straight white ladies. Thank you. Dominant culture, not the same. Dominant culture, you just are the culture. Just, just You don't stop. get your you own special know. categorization that helps people find you and give you more money. You have all the lames. You have all the lames. Stop it. Stop it. However, if you are a straight white lady, please continue to write about straight white <laughs> Yes. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. At least for now. The thing is, like, you can put a straight white lady in anywhere. I was just I'm looking at my amazing whales and I'm like, I would love to read a book about a white lady who like went on a whaler to like change hearts and minds. Yeah, maybe just like in general, like if you're a straight white lady and you've had the corner on this romance market forever, just be more interesting. Stop relying on mediocrity to get your book sold. There it is. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Just stop it. Like, you know, just stop it. Or, you know, as readers and purveyors of this genre, it's like, then it's on us, right? Instead of reading mediocre white ladies, like, let's search out the own voices that are going to be leagues better. They need a trellis right now. Yeah, and always have. And always have. With that. Loosen your stays. But never your principles. Mwah! Whoa, golly gee. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance. Womance is hosted by Isabel. That's me. And Morgan, that's me. Production is by Nick Gravelin. Our web mistress is the incomparable Jane Bonzac. And our illustration and logo were created by Mary Reichman. They're the best. If you'd like to follow, creep, or connect with us on our social media platforms, you can find us at mans underscore woe on Twitter, womance on Instagram, or email at womancemail at gmail.com. You can also hang out on our amazing website at womancepodcast.com. You can support us by using our code to visit our sponsors or go to our Patreon where we are Womance. Womance is officially part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Discover more podcasts just like our own centering on romance and reading at frolic.media slash podcast. Until next week. Mwah.